What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Let's say someone tells a lie about you. And let's say that lie is all over the internet, easily findable through a Google search. If you get a court order finding it to be defamatory, Google will consider removing the web pages from its indexes so that Google users won't see those pages in search results. The logic is that a court order is pretty good evidence that the material is defamatory. But things aren't always so simple. The, simple, the system is replete with gray areas and it increasingly seems abuse. I know, I know this because I've been reading The Volokh Conspiracy, where UCLA law professor Eugene Volokh has been writing about the issue of de-indexing de for months. He is with us here today. Eugene, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for having me on. It's, it's a fascinating story, and I've been digging into it. And there's just so many different aspects, so many different uh, ways that people can do things that are fraudulent or borderline fraudulent. Well, 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 let's start with the legitimate thing. Is the whole gist of this, uh, you know, what Google is doing, uh, what's, what's, why are they doing this at all? Why, why do they even bother trying to take down uh, some, some you know, or de-index some web, web pages? Well, Google has no legal duty, or at least that seems very likely. There's some controversy, but basically I'm pretty confident Google has no legal duty uh, to uh, de-index material, to remove it from its indexes and therefore from search results, uh, just because it's supposedly defamatory, even found to be defamatory, because it's not the author uh, of the material, and it has a statutory immunity from a libel lawsuit. But its view is that the right thing to do, right uh, uh, with respect to the legal system, right with respect to... Uh, the victims of defamation, and right with respect to its viewers who, or its users who want accurate information, is once something is found to be uh, defamatory, it will at least seriously consider uh, hiding it from search, essentially excluding it from search results. The problem is that these findings happen in other lawsuits where a plaintiff sues some defendant and then sends a copy of this order to Google. And it's possible that uh, this process of getting these orders uh, 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 contains uh, either or contains various kinds of misconduct that make them highly unreliable. Eugene, let me ask you this. Suppose there's a settlement in a libel suit or a defendant signs a document saying he lied. Can the plaintiff get a court to issue an order to get those articles taken down from the web? And then does do Google and other Internet search engines have to take it down? So the answer is that they, uh, um, the plaintiff can get a court order against the defendant, whether because he wins a lawsuit or because the defendant settles the case and stipulates to liability, or because there's a default judgment that they tried to serve the defendant but couldn't find him. Uh, but that order is only binding on the defendant. It's not actually binding on Google. It's not binding on hosting providers like WordPress. Uh, still, as a matter of good citizenship, they, they tend to respect those orders. The problem is, some of the time, there actually was just a criminal uh, uh, complaint, a federal criminal complaint unsealed uh, uh, in one such case yesterday. Some of the time, what gets sent to Google is a forgery. Some people basically forge a court order to send it to Google. Some of the time, it's a real court order, but they sue what appears to be a fake defendant. 
get a stipulation from that fake defendant, which is to say they themselves submit the stipulation on behalf of the fake defendant, get this real court order, because the judge figures, hey, you know, if both sides agree, I'm going to sign the court order, send it to Google, even if Google checks the court records, they see it's a real court order, but there was no real meaningful litigation and no real meaningful decision about whether the material really is indeed libelous. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. There are lots of other scams. I've seen, for example, forged uh, notarizations where there is a real, oh, excuse me, they're trying to show there is a real defendant, but the notarization of the defendant's supposed signature is forged. Eugene, one context that you've been discussing on your blog uh, involves old newspaper articles. And and one situation involves uh, a newspaper story where uh, somebody recanted what they said there, but the, the paper hadn't or the news outlet hadn't taken down the story. Can you tell us about the case, the case of Megan Welter that you that sure. you heard about? So uh, some years ago, the, um, uh, Megan Welter made the news as a cheerleader for, I believe, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, but cheerleader who had been before a soldier fighting in Iraq. And that was a kind of a nice story. Good-looking women who fight for their country. How much better can you get than that? So everybody liked that. And then, though, she made the news a second time because supposedly she had assaulted her then-boyfriend, one Ryan McMahon. And this was in all the news, I mean, really, mainstream sites uh, uh, like uh, Fox News, like various uh, uh, other network affiliates, various sports uh, sites and the like. And then she went to court filed a lawsuit against a Ryan Ryan McMahon. We don't know for sure if it was the Ryan McMahon, uh, but let's assume that this was. And and there was a stipulation where Ryan McMahon said, yes, what I said, my accusations against her were false and therefore libelous. She says, aha, that means that I can get this court order that lists all these stories that are based on his accusations as filtered through the police report, actually, and get those stories declared libelous and then submit them for de-index. Now, to be sure, I don't, to my knowledge, Google didn't actually act on that because I think it saw through that. That you can't just say, well, because we have a stipulation from a source who recants his statement, now everybody has to take this down. Because then the question was, is he lying then or is he lying now? And the right thing to do is to send it to the media publications and let them use their editorial judgment to decide whether to trust the original allegation more or to trust the recantation more. But the plaintiff there was trying to short-circuit this whole process and get uh, um, uh, all of these news stories vanished, get them thrown down the memory hole on the strength of this uh, rather dubious settlement. Eugene, you wrote about an actor exonerated of sexual assault who was trying to get the articles about the accusation to vanish. And in a certain sense, I, I feel bad for this guy who was exonerated and has all these articles up there. Is, is there anything that he can do, or should he not be allowed to? So I, 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 I totally see, see um, uh, uh, your position on that. I feel bad for him, too, especially as to the original accusations. Interestingly, though, he was trying to get vanished, not just the original accusations, the articles that quote the original accusations, but even the articles that came out when he was exonerated. I guess his thinking is better not to have been ever accused or thought to be never to have been accused than to be known to have been accused and then exonerated. But still, these were actually pretty legitimate and accurate stories about how he'd been accused and then exonerated. He wanted them to vanish. Now, I should say, that did not involve any fraud. He got an actual statement from a prosecutor basically more or less describing his exoneration. 
He got his records expunged, so for government purposes, they don't count anymore. And then he submitted to Google, essentially asking Google to de-index. There was an article in the Daily Mail, a British newspaper, an article on the website of uh, PIX11, a a television station in uh, New York, some uh, celebrity news articles asking them to de-index them. Again, I don't think Google paid attention to that because uh, I think they recognized that there was no finding of of libel on anybody's part. But I I can see why he was doing it. It's just that I don't think there should be a situation where basically uh, accurate news articles, especially ones that accurately report on the exoneration, just vanish down the memory. Eugene, we're we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you, as always, one of our favorite guests, Eugene Volok of UCLA Law School. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.